0: I am Clara Shea and you are listening to another awesome episode of the Business of Dan's podcast. This is a rebroadcast episode, jumping into the archives of our amazing show. Now, before you jump off or try and find a brand new episode, I encourage you to listen closely or even listen again. For myself personally, I always find my learnings are much more in-depth or I even pick up on something new that I may have missed before the second time around. So I encourage you to grab a coffee or a wine depending on your time zone and we can get learning together. So let's dive into the show.
1: Welcome to the Business of Dance podcast, where we discuss business growth, dance education, creating your dream business, and falling in love with your studio all over again. Now, here's your host, business coach, educator, and owner of Dance Energy Studios, Claire O'Shea.
0: Hi, everyone. It's Claire O'Shea here, and today I'm back with another guest on the Business of Dance podcast. In this episode, I will be interviewing and leading a transformative conversation specific to studio values with the one and only Melanie Gard. Melanie is the Principal Director of Peninsula School of Dance in South Victoria here in Australia. The school has serviced the Mornington Peninsula for over 55 years and produced some of Australia's finest dancers, teachers and choreographers. Formerly Rosebud Ballet School, which was founded in 1961 by Miss Sandra Allen and stands today as one of the longest established Chiquetti schools in Victoria. The school commenced with 23 students and a pianist at the Rosebud Memorial Hall and is now thriving in a beautiful new premises in Rosebud West. The faculty at Peninsula School of Dance believes that nothing is more joyful than watching a young child explore the world of music and movement with pure delight and carefree abandon. When this is nurtured in a loving environment by highly qualified staff, students will go on to derive many benefits from learning the art of dance. As a director of Peninsula School of Dance, Melanie is not interested in just churning out the best dancers, but is very passionate in helping kids reach their full potential. She believes that dance is more than just a series of movements, but rather dance can help us cross bridges in life. All of the students at Peninsula School of Dance have their own unique needs for expression and have the support, guidance and encouragement from their teachers. Through their classes, students gain life skills and a solid foundation for adulthood. Melanie believes that dance kids have a strong work ethic, are committed and present themselves with confidence and humility. PSD is passionate about churning out decent, well-rounded human beings who go on to have happy, healthy and productive lives. And although it may not be the ultimate goal, but if students choose to take on dance professionally, PSD will give them the support they need and will be the first ones to cheer them on from the wings of the stage. Now a little bit more about the wonderful Melanie Gard. Melanie can proudly trace the roots of her training directly back to Maestro Cicchetti himself. She trained for over 25 years with Miss Lorraine Blackburn OAM. Under the guidance of Miss Blackburn, fellow senior examiner and life member of Cicchetti Ballet Australia, Melanie obtained her advanced certificate with distinction, associate diploma and licentiate status with distinction. Melanie is also a holder of a Cert for in Dance Teaching and Management and has a Bachelor of Arts in Disability Studies and is an affiliate member of the Australian Teachers of Dance. In July 2006, Melanie took over the direction of the Rosebud School of Ballet from its founder, Miss Sandra Allen. She is committed to continuing the traditions of high quality dance tuition and instilling a love of dance in students that has been so carefully nurtured by Miss Allen over the last 55 years. Under Melanie's new direction, the school has grown to cater for over 400 students each week at the beautiful New Premises in Rosebud West. Please join me in welcoming Melanie Gard to the Business of Dance podcast. So welcome to the show, Melanie. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Claire. I'm really excited to be here. Absolutely. So do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and maybe a little bit about your studio?
2: Yeah, sure. So um, I own and operate a studio on the Mornington Peninsula, which is um, south of Melbourne in Victoria, and um, I have been running the school since 2006, um, where I took it over from a beautiful teacher by the name of Sandra Allen. But I've been teaching for a long time, and before that was teaching for my teacher, who I trained with. Um, so I feel like I've been able to create a studio and a life that I'm really passionate about and I really love. I have three children and a husband, um, and they're my world and everything that we do is about, you know, creating, um, a life for our family. So, um, my studio is very much about family as well. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of me and what I do and, um, I love it. Love really? my job.
0: That's amazing. Yes. Well, it is. I think it's really important in this industry that definitely love what you do because there's definitely challenges that come along the way. And I find that uh, the more passionate you are about something, you know, the the more you're able to sort of like strive through and, you know, keep going on. But you you touched a little bit about um, taking over from your teacher. So what inspired you to take over the direction? Was it just like offered to you or were you really wanting to sort of take, you know, that role as the principal?
2: Yeah, so um, I guess I, I'd always taught dance. Um, I guess on the side. Once mm-hmm. I'd left school, I went and did a degree in disability and community development, and worked in um, that space for a number of years. Um, all while I was, you know, doing that, I was teaching on the weekend and and still really, you know, loving every moment of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a really sort of interesting career in that area. I was working um, in a time where a lot of the um, really traditional disability services were being um, devolved um, and we were, you know, supporting people um, to move from large institutions into the community. So I really um, learnt a lot from that. I worked with some incredible people that were passionate and driven. Um, So I guess I've taken a lot of that experience and, and brought that into what I do in the studio now, um, and so I had my first um, child when 2004. She was born, and when I was on maternity leave, I was um, teaching for Sandra Allen a little bit. She would go off and e- examining, and she would call me and say, "Can you come in and teach a class?" Mm-hmm. And I'd do that, and I loved it. Um, and then one day she rang me and said, I want to catch up for a cuppa. I said, no problem. And then she came and, and she said, I, I want to sell a school to you. And I, I guess a lot of people around me said, well, of course, that's what you wanted to do. I, I didn't really see it. I was just yeah. going about my thing. But as she walked out, I, I guess this, I had this overwhelming sense of this is really the perfect Thing. This is, you know, bringing together my passion for dance, for working with kids, um, and also, you know, creating a business and a life around my family. I mean, I was traveling yeah. a lot for work at that point, and it was really tricky. We were about to have our second child. Um, so it just, it just kind of came about, but, I, you know, like everything, I believe it was meant to be. And, yeah, so it just it just all made sense, I guess. Um and very happy that it did happen
0: yeah and just just like i was thinking about that so it used to be the rosebud school of ballet and now you're the peninsula school of dance did you make that transition pretty much straight away or did you like sort of phase it into another um you know into the peninsula school of dance after a time i just imagine some of our listeners are probably in a similar situation i wonder if you have any advice in that area
2: yeah, look, um, I, I mean, I knew straight away and, and certainly what Sandra had said to me was that she, she wanted to step away. She knew that the business um, needed to evolve and times mm. were changing and, you know, we needed a website and all those sorts of, yeah. um, you know, things were starting to really come into play. Um, and at the time, the school mainly provided ballet yeah. um, and there was a couple of jazz classes. So I knew that there was a huge potential to really grow um, those other areas and elements of the school. Um, right from the beginning, I knew I wanted to move out from the community hall that we were in. So that was yeah. sort of, you know, a longer term plan. So right from the beginning, I was very much working to expand the school, to grow the student base, yeah. to offer more um and yeah, it just evolved over time. And I kept, you know, for years looking for spaces. There's not many spaces where we are in terms of um, being able to um, move into industrial areas or commercial precincts, but Mm -hmm. Rosebud's growing and um, there's a new estate that was being built. So yeah, um, it was probably about six years in that the opportunity came up to, to move into, um, where we are now. Um, at that point I really took hold and I changed the name. Um, I really wanted to claim that space there. Yeah. yeah.
0: Awesome. That sounds great. Now you talked a little bit as well about, you know, when you sort of took over, there was, you know, websites and things like that, but mm-hmm. what is your opinion on having a strong social media presence as a dental educator, and entrepreneur? Like how do you stay up to date with posts? Like I know you guys have a pretty big social media presence. So I'm just interested to see what your um, thoughts and, you know, and if you have any other tips for other studio owners who are wanting to increase their social media presence.
2: Yeah. Look, I mean, just do it. I mean, just start. If it's something that you're not sure about, I'll just encourage you to just get in and, um, you know, just start. It doesn't matter. Um, the thing is, it's not it's not like your website where you you post something and it's there permanently. And if it's yeah. wrong, you need to go in and yeah. update it. You know, your feed is going to keep flowing. So um, just play around with it and, and get started. The the thing I would encourage people to think about is try and create a feed and, and a, a window into your world. Mm. Um, you know, it's an incredible opportunity to to show people behind the scenes and and what your studio. Is really going to look and feel like? Um, I think often, you know, um, you know, traditionally, dance schools have promoted, you know, we've got students in the Australian Ballet, and and these are all wonderful achievements. But for a parent with a little child, that's not really. I mean, maybe they are. There's, you know, (laughs) there's definitely (laughs) some some. might have their sights set on that. We know that, but generally speaking, parents are not interested in that. They're just Mm. interested in knowing. Is my child going to have a good time? Will they be well cared for? Um, will What will the space look and feel like? And so that's the angle I've taken where I just want to, to sort of open that window and show people what we're about. Um, and social media is about a conversation. It is social. Yeah. Um, so it is different to your website. So, I, yeah, that's sort of the angle I've taken with it. And it's it's great. It's fun too. Just have yeah. fun with it.
0: Absolutely. And do you get your team to help you gather footage and things or is it is it just you that sort of makes your way around the studio and, you know, takes – photos and videos and things like that as well?
2: Yeah. So what I do, I have, um, all of my staff are pretty good with that too. Mm-hmm. Um, they will take pictures or little video clips in class and then they'll either airdrop it to me or we yep. have a, um, a closed group for my staff team and they'll often just pop some photos up in there and then I can just pick and choose what I want yep. from there. Um, But, yeah, that was definitely challenging as we started to grow and I had more staff and I needed to think about, oh, how are we going to manage this? But Hmm. my team are pretty good with that so um, because otherwise it can just be a bit from my perspective. Yeah, and
0: that's that's something that I find um, or found as well when I first started growing is that I was really keeping up to date but I had to sort of educate Mm -hmm. my team on the importance of actually gathering photos and videos and really sort of celebrating Students in other classes because else it felt like the only yes. kids who got on the on the fa- on Facebook on the Facebook on Facebook on and everything. Facebook. <laughs> um, yeah, they do get a real kick out of it. Like when they do something good, sometimes the kids are like, "Am I yeah. am I going to go on Facebook?" And I'm like, "Well, that's here nor there." But yeah, they do get yeah. excited about yeah. it as well. So it's I think it's nice to um, yeah show that and yeah. The
2: thing is, we've got such a great audience. I mean, parents are engaged. Yeah, they want to see. Kids up there. Um, so those little posts always go really well. You know, if you've got mm. a little clip from class and they'll, you know, they'll tag the grandparents cause the grandparents are on Facebook too, you know? Yeah. So true. Um, it's just a perfect opportunity. We're so lucky. Um, you know, I've got friends that are other business owners and they don't, you know, I mean, if you're an accountant, how, <laughs> you know, what interesting posts have you got today? Nice. I mean, we've got incredible content. Yeah.
0: It's so true. Um, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Now, one of the main reasons I got you on today was to talk a little bit about your values because they are so present, I think, within your social media as well as, you know, all the messages that you share online and, you know, at your studio as well. So, for our listeners, I'm just going to quickly touch on your values. So, you have four values. They are fun and engaging, inclusive, community and excellence, which is fantastic. So, We also at my studio have a value system and I think that, you know, it's really a really fantastic way to build a foundation and sort of gives you a structure of how to even create your classes and things that you share online. It's basically an amazing, you know, theme in in everything that we do, but um, you have four. So can you tell us a little bit more about them, maybe how you came across the sort of process of doing it and even, you know, how, how you kind of rolled that out within your studio?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I guess it's it has evolved over time, and I, I, that's one thing I would encourage people to do is to keep going back to them and um, don't just pop them there and have a list and then walk away mm-hmm. from it. That you know you keep thinking about them and evolving them. And um, every um, year, my team we will sit down and we will. Um, do a whole range of different exercises depending on what we're sort of looking at, but we'll use those core values to think about what we want for the year ahead. And we'll really unpack that and, Mm. um, just keep defining them and talking about them, um, as a team. So my staff are, are, you know, familiar and well-versed in what they are, Um, I guess they're also guiding principles when I'm looking at employing staff um, yeah. and bringing people through the studio so that um, if, if their values don't align with our studio values, then they're not going to, they might be the best dancer and teacher in the world. But yeah. if they don't believe that um, every child has the right to experience a dance class and only want to work with elite students, well, then they're actually not the right teacher for my studio. Um, and they might be best going elsewhere so so for me it's um they're really helpful in terms of guiding my decision making um and and everything that we do sort of from a, a broader planning perspective on a daily basis um they're also great within the class context you know when we sit down with the kids at the start of the year um you know and sometimes we've got those more challenging classes where you might have a few um, you know, strong-willed kids or whatever yes. it might be. Um, I'm not talking about preschoolers. I'm talking about more that sort yeah. of primary school age group. Um, and they can be a really great, fun thing for them to talk about and, and what do those values mean for them. And so when we come into class, we're respectful and we um, include other people. We don't leave people out, you know, all those sorts of yeah. things that can be broken down at that level as well you know, they're up on our wall in the reception area, they're on the website, they're in all of our content. So it's just constantly sort of reminding people, this is what we're about. This yeah. is how we do things here. Um, and so if things do go wrong, if there are, you know, um, misbehaving parents, then it's, yeah. it's an easier conversation to have with them and say, look, mm-hmm. this is not how we do things here. These are These are what we believe and this is how we behave here it's not always an easy conversation, but at least it's a reference point. Absolutely. Um,
0: Yeah. And um, touching on that as well, like you said, if you're sharing it in, you know, many different ways across you, like physically in your business, online, in your classes, Well, you should be kind of attracting people who are really, Um, attracted to that message. So I guess you're kind of essentially weeding out those people that you might have to have that difficult conversation with in the first place. So, you know, by really knowing what your business is about, you are attracting people who, you know, are also attracted to that message, which is just amazing.
2: Yeah. And I think it's, um, I mean, look, I've grown in confidence in that over the Mm. years and I would encourage anyone that's maybe, you know, starting out to really stick to those values and, and stick to what you believe around that and not let, not waver from it. Because I think, you know, often feel like you want to please everybody in business, Mm. um, but it's not worth it. It's not worth the trouble um, that those people may cause you. Um, yeah. And it impacts on the rest of the 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 vibe within the school, you know. It's, um, yeah, and we don't have too many problems here. You know, everyone yeah. that comes in, you know, the kids, well, the parents tell me they love being here. Or one parent said to me, she said, I've never seen so many kids bounce out of a place with smiles on their faces, you know, and oh, that, that to me was just yeah. like... Yeah, amazing. Like, yeah. they just bounce out of here. Um, and that's what we want, you know. Just Absolutely. have a good Absolutely. time. <laughs> yeah,
0: and that really, I think that definitely comes across in your message. Like, I've never physically been to your studio, but, like, I get that sense of it straight away just by looking You know, like I said, on social media, but as well as your website and things like that as well. But you did touch on this briefly, but I'm wondering if you have a specific example on how your value system, or you know, maybe a particular value, has helped or assisted, you know, maybe with a a problem with a certain student or parent or a scenario within your studio.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I I might talk about the value of inclusive because that's Mm -hmm. it's one that I'm really passionate about and. Given what I said earlier in terms of my background in yeah. um, community development and disability, I, you know, have have worked really hard to create. A space and environment where you know if kids are coming in that um perhaps they are on the autism spectrum Mm -hmm. or you know have additional needs um I will bend over backwards to help that family and work at a way of including that child in class it's not always easy because we're not necessarily like a funded service we don't have additional resources but I'll, I'll do anything I can around that
0: yeah um and
2: I did have a few years ago a child that was um in a class and she was very affectionate and um a lovely lovely kid um and but there was another mum that took issue to her being in there and it was an easy conversation for me I just said I'm sorry um we believe that our classes are for everyone and Mm -hmm. we include all members of our community um and she left and I went okay that's fine because she wasn't she didn't value um that sense of community and inclusion that yeah. um that is what drives our studios. So it's not fun yeah, when you know. have to deal with it, but it does make it easier.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And like you said, mm. that parent probably, you know, if if she wasn't happy with that situation, there's going to be something else that pops up as well, that she's not going to be oh, yes. happy about.
2: <laughs> so yeah. yeah,
0: one of those things they've got. To either it. very- it's, like a,
2: it's an indicator, isn't it? When you mm. start hearing those complaints and those things that are, um, you know, not in line with your values. It's, it's just such a strong indicator that this person isn't the right person for us. Yeah. And I
0: don't have any qualms these days, like literally saying to people, like, you know what, I don't think that, you know, what we have here is making you happy and, you know, clearly it's not um but I would recommend like these studios like they might be more you know aligned with what you're looking for and I like honestly and I truly I don't say it as to like you know cause offense or you know Mm -hmm. kick anyone out but if they're going to be happier somewhere why why would I want to hold on to them and they just be always cross or you know not happy with the fact that we place you know a a huge emphasis on the kids having fun if that's not something that you want if you want that serious ballet school we're not the place for you mm-hmm. so I think it's yes. really yeah. yeah it's good having that to then be able to say well look we we clearly say this and you know we I don't feel like we were hiding this when you came along um but you know oh, that's if, right. if we're still not making you happy there is many other studios where I'm sure you know you'll you'll find happiness which is good that you can say that to people and truly yeah make
2: and it makes it it's not personal either no. I mean it's just it's just about this is how we do things here. It's not right for you. These are the other options. Exactly. Um, yeah.
0: I also noticed you know, a lot of your communication on your website and with your parents and things is value based. So even like your newsletter and things, do you base it off of your values and why? Why do you think that is so important?
2: Well, I mean, really, the newsletter is just a reflection of what happens in the studio, mm-hmm. and everything that happens in the studio comes from those values. So. Yeah um we are very much about community and um you know our kids contributing back into our local community as well as being a community within the studio so so all of those things are are really just a reflection of that um i you know i don't ever think we put anything out there that that is not a reflection of what we do and who we are so um yeah, and I just encourage people to think about you know just being consistent with your communication as well. That's the other thing that, um, but that in saying that, I'm late with our last newsletter. <laughs> <It happens. laughs> so that's that's you know I'm not um, following my own my own advice there, um, but just being consistent with how you communicate and the style of your communication and the look and feel of it also helps people trust your brand and what you're about I think that's that's a big thing for me as well
0: yeah and I think what you said as well like you said about it being a brand where some people which is totally fine look at it just as a business but I think if you are wanting to take it to that next level by you know sort of Mm -hmm. transforming your mindset and maybe how you approach certain things like brand consistency does really create that trust even if it's not overt like even if it's like more subliminal like it is that you know the use the use of colors the use of language the use of you know being consistent with a newsletter it does really create that trust which in turn people you know feel more settled and calm and they they are more likely to you know stay with you for longer or you know maybe pick you to start off with which I think is um yeah. interesting yeah I think if,
2: like human beings are you know, essentially we're pack animals and people yeah. are really drawn to being part of something bigger. Absolutely. And so, the branding, as much as we can, you know, talk about, you know, things like your logo and your colours mm. and all those sorts of things, branding is also about creating that sense of, community and you know even things like you know we use the acronym PSD you're a PSD kid and PSD kids rock and Mm. you know and so they wear those jackets with our logo on it with pride and you know we've got the the step and repeat banner all of those little things so they're great in terms of promoting us on social media but they also make the kids and the families really feel like they belong to something bigger and they really are part of our dance family and I think that's that is key. Like that is what people want. Um, yeah. Want, Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's what they'll real, tell their friends about.
0: I think, um, yeah. you know, in this day and age, we have as well, so much technology and all of these amazing things that, you know, give off the sense of being connected. But I do feel like we are lacking that connection in a lot of ways because yeah. everything is so fast paced. So if you can really like convert it from more just being like a hashtag to actually it being a feeling and like you said they're wearing those jackets they you know they love calling themselves a psd kid like all of that type of thing is really just going to make them feel like so included and in their families as well and at the end of the day i think sometimes as well we do forget that even though we need to make the student happy the parent is the client as well so how we oh, can get them involved in the studio also
2: yeah. And you know, when, when the parent knows that they're dropping their kid off into a space, you know, they pick them up from school and yeah. I've got three kids. I know, you know, your kids get in the car and sometimes there's floods of tears because they've had an incident, you know, at school and all those sorts of things. But if I know as a parent, if I'm taking my kid to the dance studio, that I know they're going to be happy. Mm. I know they're going to be cared for, that they're going to see their dance friends that they don't have any problems with. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's, That to me is the best thing I can ever do. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Now, just last question about values for now. Um, How did you originally create your values? Was it something that you did by yourself or did you have any, did you have your team with you or maybe you got your family to help you or did you just clearly know when you created them that this was what PSD was going to be all about?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Look, I had a, I had a longer list a few years ago um, yeah. I have to go back and find it actually. Um, and then I felt, I felt like there was just this big, long list of words and yeah. it didn't really, um, didn't make sense. So I did a few exercises with my team a couple of years ago and we really kind of consolidated and mm-hmm. brought it back to those four core values because we felt like they sort of were overarching values that reflected you know, all of what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so it was a bit of a process. I, I obviously strongly led it because it does come from my own personal value base. Yeah. Yeah. So I would encourage people to definitely do it, you know, like drive it and come to it with your own thoughts and ideas as, as the business owner, but engage your team in the process and get them brainstorming with butcher's paper and post-it notes and, you know, do all of those sorts of exercises and getting the staff and, and team talking about what happens inside your studio so that you can come up with a set of values and descriptions of those values that makes sense to everyone it'll just make the process a whole lot easier
0: yeah and I think that's really important like you said getting your team involved and for the for those people who maybe don't have a team like your team could be your you know your a couple of your senior students or your team could be mm. your family it doesn't have to be a yes. team at, the, at you know whatever stage that you're at and I think also sometimes times people get stuck. Like I've picked these 12 values. I have to do it all the time, but it's okay to change them. And if, you know, yeah. we have five values now, but you know, next year we might get rid of two because they might not, I might not need to focus on them as much, or, you know, we might've changed. So, you know, it's okay to change. Yeah. I think sometimes when people put things on like their website, they feel like they have to do it for like eternity but it's not always the case yeah Yeah. that's the best part that's the bit of business that I love that
2: Mm. you can you know as the driver of your ship you you can create and evolve this however you want like that's really exciting to me um you're not sort of bound by this is how we have to do things we're not answerable to anyone other than ourselves so um it's really exciting
0: It is really exciting. Yeah. That is, even though there is a lot of like constraints about owning a business, there is a a level of freedom. I think that you don't get when you're um, necessarily working for someone else. And that's my opinion, but you know, I I definitely think having your own business or your own studio at the end of the day, if you decided tomorrow, even, you know, it could cause people grief and they might not be happy. But if you decided you don't want to do a certain class anymore, well, at the end of the day, that's your decision. So there is a lot of um, freedom in that as well. Mm, Absolutely. Totally agree. Moving on now to a, a video on and and the text that's on your website and I really liked. Like mm-hmm. you have this amazing introduction video on your site that explains that it's not necessarily your goal as a dance educator to create the best dancers, but you do encourage certain students who have the desire to go after a career in dance professionally. So can you firstly touch on why dance education or why you believe dance education is important, especially in early development years, regardless of whether they want to carry on dancing professionally later in life. So how do you kind of balance that?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, I, I think I'm, I'm a living example of that. You know, I, I never went on and, and danced professionally. I, um, went on and got my teaching qualifications and that's what I was passionate about. You know, I was that kid that was turning up at my studio, um, two hours before my class. So just so that I could go in and help with the, the babies you know and I loved it from right from my early teen years um and my dance teacher saw that in me and I was a natural in front of a class of kids I could easily hold their attention and um you know loved everything about teaching so I know that dance can bring to your life so many benefits um and I know that my dance training gave me confidence when I was walking into um job interviews and you know I was able to connect with people um you know well beyond my years when I was a young person because of um what my dance training had given me so I I know that what we teach our kids um extends beyond dance technique and and I know I mean there's so many other dance educators I know that feel just as passionately as I do about it, that we're giving kids life skills. We're we're helping um, families raise really well rounded young people that can, um, you know, go on and do achieve amazing things because they're resilient, they're persistent, um, they're committed. Absolutely, um, they're all of the qualities that you know we we hear so much criticism of young people and. I don't know. When I look at all my dance kids, I just think they're wonderful. Like they're just great young people and I love being with them. Um, You know, they all have their ups and downs and as teenagers do, but I remember what that felt like. Like it, I mean, even though I'm in my early 40s now, it doesn't feel like that long ago. And I think our studios can be that safe haven for young people as they're going through all of those Mm. um, hard times. And I just feel so blessed that I can, be there through that with them and um you know lots of my young people have now become some of my teachers and they're yeah. just incredible you know I've yeah. got one teacher that she's studying full-time dance and she's still teaching for me I've got another teacher that's she's got her um associate level qualification with Chiquetti Ballet and mm. she's also studying a double degree in engineering and biomedical science like that's crazy she's yeah. amazing, amazing. Yeah. yeah she's amazing um So, and I think that's, you know, my parents can see that too when they come in and they see Mm. these older teenagers and and young people that are still very engaged in the school and um, are either on my, you know, junior teaching team or um, assisting in classes. The parents think, wow, you know, I want my kid to be like that. I want them to be that, you know, um, confident, kind, caring young person so Absolutely. yeah amazing yeah and that's what I'm passionate about like I could talk about that stuff all day I know. because I can,
0: I you know, can definitely yeah. hear it in your voice
2: yeah and I think like I mean I do have students um that have gone on and are dancing full-time and I dearly love them but they leave like they yeah. they go and do that which is and it's fine like and they'll yeah. always come back um but my focus and investment needs to be on the kids that are going to, you know, be here, and mm. you know, I need to nurture and support them. And if I only focus on the ones that are going to go and be professional dancers, and everybody else gets forgotten about, yeah, well, I'm doing a real disservice, yeah, to everybody else.
0: And that, to be honest, is a really small percentage of kids that yeah. go that go and do full time or do it professionally. But piggybacking yeah. from that question, I do notice that you really do an amazing job of supporting students who are wanting to make that transition. So how do you feel is the best way to encourage and give support to the students that do want to pursue dance professionally?
2: Yeah, sure. Look, I think it's it's always about working with the parent and the student um, mm-hmm. because there's decisions that need to be made about, you know, when is the right time to to go and pursue, you know, full-time options. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've got students that are, you know, showing that potential and, and, uh, are passionately wanting to pursue it, then it is important to talk with the parent. I'm, you know, have some relationships with some of the full time schools here in um, Melbourne and have students that have gone. So, you know, I've got experience with knowing what those institutions offer. So it's important to, you know, have that open conversation with the parent about what might be the right fit for their child. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's, about the timing, you know, I've had kids that have gone off and, for example, studied, gone to VCAS, which is the full-time um, secondary school here in Victoria, mm. which is an incredible program and, and yeah. kids can go there from sort of quite young. But in other circumstances, it's just important that we um, nurture their talent here within the studio and offer them you know, opportunities to go and be part of, you know, extension programs or I'm not precious or don't believe that I'm the only person that can Mm. all of the trainings. So as long as you're open with the parent and the student um, and supportive, then, you know, the world's our oyster.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, I too believe like it not to be like, you don't, you don't own a student. So I don't, I don't understand that sometimes when people like try and hold on with like tooth and nail, it's, you know, like you said, they're their own individual. And if they're going to get a, not a better education, but what they need at that point in time somewhere else, well, then I think by, you know, talking about it with them, they're only going to have the utmost respect for you and be so thankful and grateful at the end of the day.
2: And I think, um, you know, just touching on that, I think there's a real sense and it's, 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 you know, um, tradition, I guess, in the dance world for teachers to feel very um, much defined by the achievements of their students. Mm. And whilst that's lovely, I don't believe that that is my, um, you know when I'm old and gray, <laughs> yeah. I, you know as much as I'd love to say, "Oh, you know I've got this student that's dancing here, la 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 um, that's not what um, my intention is, yeah. um, you know like and I, sh- I shouldn't be defined by other people's achievements, yeah, I should be defined by my own work
0: yeah to be honest like I I guess for me have come from a sort of a different um standpoint on it because wh- I started my studio five years ago by myself mm-hmm. and so to have all of my students were younger so you know they're only we're mm-hmm. just getting to the point next year where um yeah. they will be actually graduating from school so I've never had that before so yes. to be honest like I get enjoyment out of seeing them get really good grades at school and you know making yeah. that dance team at school they were really wanting to rather than um yeah and I guess for us personally well for me I don't have a I don't have a like a pre-professional sort of style at my studio that's not what um, makes Mm -hmm. me you know light up I I don't that's not me like we have a lot of amazing dancers but that's not our focus we're not trying to get kids into being working professionally and you know in full time if that's what they decide to do well awesome but it's not a We don't have a transitional program or it's not a huge goal that we focus on so
2: yeah hmm. and I think those those things evolve over time like we've got um a couple of programs that are about extension for our yes. students, you know, so offering them more performance opportunities yeah. and, you know, specialist classes and you can kind of evolve that again. You know, that's the beauty of running your own business. Yeah. You can create as you need to. Absolutely.
1: Um,
2: I mean, you know, every studio is different. I no, think absolutely. It, it's yeah. space for everyone.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the amazing thing about this industry is that there is studios who are just focused on that. And that is fantastic. But I think, um, Sometimes some people, even if they don't have like the really professional kind of elite studios, they kind of think, oh, well, I'm just doing recreational dance or, or whatever. But I think that, you know, like what you touched on earlier, what you're teaching them for like their entire life, like the values that you're instilling into them every day of the week is just as important as how many kids that you get into, you know, a full-time studio. So I think it's really important for people yeah. to hear that as well. Cause I don't, I don't know if, well, maybe it's just what I hear, but I know there is a big focus on like the professional industry, even though it is so small. So, um, well for mm. us in Australia, it is anyway, but yeah. 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 You
2: know, and let's, let's celebrate dance yes. for all it can be, you know, for yeah. everything that it can be like celebrate, absolutely celebrate those, Students and I mean we do that here. Like the yeah. kids that have gone to other things here, of course we celebrate mm. that and we cheer them along, and it's exciting for the studio. Yeah. Um, but I'm also going to celebrate the kids that you know, like I said before, one of my teachers is doing a double degree yeah. in biomedical science and engineering. I mean that like, is incredible, and we should celebrate that too because. Absolutely. And her mum says, you know, dance has been a big part of driving her achievements. So. Yeah. I think we need to lift up those stories just as much as mm, the professionals.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I have um mm. one of my uh, friends does this amazing thing where um, I can't remember exactly what she calls it, but it's essentially like humble brag, I guess. And like, she really sort of highlights things that kids do in her studio. Like, you know, one mm. is like an amazing baker and one, you know, is like an amazing writer and all of these wonderful things. Mm. So really like highlighting, you know, different aspects of the kids. If Like they're succeeding in all areas of life, which is phenomenal. So yes. fantastic. Yes. Now, moving on to the last couple of questions before you wrap up, I just wanted to know whether, you know, what is the most valuable lesson you have learned or if you can think of any as a dance educator <laughs> or a studio owner or even just a, or even a business owner?
2: Yeah, I would just encourage people to to keep learning and growing, you don't, don't just kind of go, okay, we're doing this now and and this is the way things are. Um, and also really like going back to those value statements, um, really stick to what you're passionate about. So create things that are in line with that, Because when you start going off tangents and and doing things that aren't aligned with those values and the things that you're genuinely passionate about, you're not going to give it the love and attention that it deserves. Um, So I just really encourage people to really think really strongly about what they're passionate about and and use that as your driver Mm -hmm. Um, and your decision maker. Does this new program, does that align with our values? Does that align with what I'm passionate about? yes or no. If it's no, then just go, you know what? I, I'm not going to give that my attention. I'm going to keep doing what I do well over here. Yeah. And don't try and please everyone because you're not going to. Create some good relationships with other dance educators. Be professional, be, you know, network and know what other people do so that you can refer people on um, where you need to. All of those things. Don't be precious. Share. <laughs>
0: fabulous. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Now as a studio owner and just for you in general, do you have a typical day? Can you walk us through what a typical day is for you? This stuff like really fascinates me.
2: Yeah, sure. Well, I've got, as I said, I've got three kids. So my day is very much driven around, um, oh, they're all at school now. So yeah. life is a little bit um, not as crazy as when they were all very young and at home. Hmm. Um, but yeah, obviously the mornings, um, I have been really good this year in getting to the gym in the morning. So getting up before the kids get up. Awesome. Um, and yeah, yeah. I must admit I've been a bit slack this month, but you know. <laughs> it's Christmas Um, (laughs) but oh that's just been yeah really good just yeah getting on the bike and doing some exercises and listening to a podcast um getting my head into the right space um and then yeah back home get the kids up breakfast lunches you know making lunches getting them out the door which is always you know as people (laughs) with kids know very challenging And then once I've done the school run, it's either to the studio or back home. Um, So I do, you know, I've got an office at home that I work from. My studio is not very close to home. So some days I will choose just to work from home as opposed to coming down to the studio in the last two years I've really cut back the number of hours I'm teaching because my kids all are at school now. So it was yeah. really important for me to, you know, have a couple of nights a week where I was home and I could, you know, take them to swimming or their other activities um, or, or bring them to dance classes yeah. that <laughs> sorry, end up going to the studio anyway, yeah. but I'm not working. I'm, I'm there, you know, I do end up working, but not um, teaching or yeah. doing anything like that. Um yeah, so and I and I had hip surgery last year, so I really had to cut back on what I was doing. So all of those things, you know, the best bit is you can create and structure the business the way that works for you and your family. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm really lucky that my kids can come to work with me when they need to. Mm. Um, you know, if I need to pull the pin on something, I can call one of my staff members and say, I've got a sick kid, I can't, you know, come in yeah. and um Yeah. And a lot of my team have children as well. So we're all sort of just work together to make it work. And I don't know if that really answered the question. Every day is different. um,
0: Like, to be honest, I think that's generally um, the answer that every day is different, but mm -hmm. it's interesting just to get it. I think an insight into, you know, different people's life situations essentially, and how that then gives them the flexibility or, you know, the power then to sort of structure their business differently and things like that like you said how now your kids are all at school so you want to be spending some more time with them in the evenings and I think it's really important to know that it's okay to 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 change like I don't I don't have kids at uh, at all I was gonna say I don't have kids at school I don't have kids at all and (laughs) I've cut back um my teaching because I wasn't getting to see my partner cause he's a school teacher. So, you know, like it's, in, yeah. it's important to find what works for you. And I, I know a lot of Absolutely. people whose goal is to stop teaching altogether, which is, you know, all the power to them if that's what they want to do, but you know, um, you got to, you got to do what's right for you at the time. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And
2: I like now I, I teach the classes that I, love and I'm passionate about and so that really lights me up too I love that I can go in and know that I'm teaching the classes that one I'm really good at and two light me up so that Mm. that is my sort of you know they're my highlights of the week um and I and I really enjoy working on the business it's something that I really love and Mm. um yeah so no I feel really lucky Sometimes it's crazy and goofy, and, you know, all those things, but I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: Absolutely. Now, last question for today. What can we expect next from the Peninsula School of Dance? Do you have any exciting plans or add-ons, or upcoming workshops or events in the future or just, you know, anything that's making you really excited at the moment?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got a couple of projects um, lined up for next year. We're looking at – we've got a YouTube channel, but we're going to do a bit more work on that. Yeah, yeah. so for one of our hip hop crews we're actually going to create their own channel that they'll upload videos to every week. So I think the kids will get really excited about that's that because so cool. YouTube is such a yeah, like my kids are just that's all they watch is YouTube. Yeah. You know, everything's on YouTube now. Yeah. Um so that's exciting. We're sort of looking at how we can evolve that. Mm-hmm. Um we've got a new performance team that we're putting together we've had sort of hip-hop crews in the past that have been our more main performance teams but we want to sort of you know offer something more now for our um ballet students um which i'm really passionate about so Wonderful. um we've got a new team called ovation Ooh. and they've got a logo with gold sparkles which yeah. i love amazing Um, (laughs) so yeah those are you know just all i you know love coming up with new programs and and evolving what our students are doing on that front um you know we're looking at sort of new spaces to run classes from we've added in um some Circus stuff to the studio um
0: I saw that, so that that's was fantastic.
2: Um, yeah, yeah. So we've got silks now and um you know the kids we've done sort of trial and pilot sort of um programs to see test the waters with that and the kids are loving it. Um especially those acro kids, the kids that yeah. are you know passionate about acro and yeah, so you know always sort of looking to how we can add value for our customers and, you know, provide, I think, you know, down here where we are, because we're not sort of in Melbourne, we sort of want to be that place that we can offer, you know, a range of performing arts opportunities for kids. Amazing.
0: Um, yeah, that's so, so
2: yeah, that's, yeah, I know. It always feels Exciting at the start of a new year.
0: Yeah. So, this, um, just for our listeners, this episode actually will uh, air in January of 2018. So, when we say next year, it's because we're still yes. in 2017. So, um, but that's so amazing. And I really thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. It's been such a joy to talk to you and get to know a little bit more about the Peninsula School of Dance and, you know, your values and all that you know you're really passionate about it, your studio so thank you so much for joining us today Melanie thanks so much for having me Claire I've really enjoyed the conversation
1: be sure to join our free community on Facebook by going to facebook.com groups slash business of come on over and share the love as you dance your way to the business you have always desired thank you for listening to the business of dance podcast for show notes and other episodes, please go to businessofdance.net slash podcast. To learn more about Business of Dance and stay up to date with all the episode releases, as well as lots of extra studio tips and tricks, please like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or wish to be a guest on the podcast, please contact us at podcast